Greetings and salutations, listener, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Dolts podcast. We talk about movies and we talk about things that are streaming. <laughs> I think that's the same thing. <laughs> well, not necessarily. So this week, Coco, what are we doing? What are we talking about? And by the way, it's been a long time, listener, so we're glad that you're back and that you still are able to find us because we took a bit of a break in August. Daltz has been living in his mom's basement for three weeks. This does, <laughs> you had to reveal that? This does not mean that we broke up. This just means that Daltz took a trip. I thought maybe we would keep it mysterious, like I was <laughs> trying to solve the coronavirus or something like that. You're like James Bond and you went out and... uh I'm all elusive. I'm on, yeah. I'm on the lamb, but actually I'm in my mom's basement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, we had time to watch something together. Uh, and what was it, Coco? And what, you know, where, what is it about? So we watched the one and only Ivan, a brand new release on Disney+. Plus. It's based on a true story and also a book. Um, it's about a gorilla, a silverback gorilla who is a circus performer. It's a really sad circus. It's in a mall. It's a mall circus. Yeah, it's a mall circus. And it's not really a circus. Like there's a gorilla and an elephant, but there's also like a chicken and a, a bo- rabbit and a rabbit that drives around on like a little fire truck. And, you know, and there is a seal, but so it's like the saddest circus you've ever seen. <laughs> Circuses are pretty sad to begin with. Yeah, totally. And when they get a new baby elephant, the old dying elephant makes Ivan the gorilla promise that he will get the baby elephant to freedom. And so the second half of the movie is kind of about how they try to bust out of the mall circus and find their way to an animal sanctuary where they can all roam free and not be performing circus freaks basically so this is like escape from alcatraz for animals <laughs> yeah totally essentially not escape from new york but no. <laughs> although that would be pretty cool that would be <laughs> <laughs> so ivan would be like snake pliskin yeah, although oh, would yeah. his name be like human pliskin oh yeah maybe Good. in the remake yeah mm, things this, that make you go hmm so tangent but um <laughs> so what did you think of this uh, so a little bit of background we're watch we watched this with my daughters my daughters were young enough when this book came out that they read the book they loved the book um the book uh by Catherine applegate is actually pretty good um it's a nice little ditty very easily digestible for kids um my girls were probably let's see, maybe eight to 10, something like that when they were reading it. So it was in that ballpark range for them. Whereas I had no idea what this was about. I was just like, okay, sure. I'll watch a movie. That's fine. Well, and I kept calling it the terrible Ivan or Ivan the terrible. (laughs) terrible. And so I I sort of didn't sell it properly to you because you probably thought it was something to do with Russian czars. And meanwhile, it's a talking uh, gorilla. That would have also been a completely different movie if (laughs) Ivan went bananas no oh, pun intended oh and <laughs> oh and the director just and, fell down in his chair yeah ivan went bananas and ripped off brian cranston's arms brian cranston being the <laughs> owner of ivan slash circus what do you call those circus people not the mcs what are they ringleader ring yeah master? the ringleader yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. um i uh, and that was another interesting part about this is that brian cranston's character is not uh really a villain he comes across as sympathetic, whereas you think in most of these, it would be like the 
the guy who's keeping the animals in the cages is a bad man. Like he doesn't really torture the animals or anything like that. And see, I, I I'm gonna say something about that. So you, okay. you continue what you're gonna say. So you're gonna counter my point. So now I'm off my game. I'm, I'm <laughs> rattled because I can see the laser beams are, are starting to heat up in your eyes. <laughs> it's like the laser beams that catch Chase. Like right. my eyes have turned red. As, and as now soon as I like... said that, I saw you kind of shock. Your face went into shock, and I was like, uh oh, that means I'm getting smacked down. So I I didn't. So again, I thought this was presented better than you would think. Like the 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 trope would be they would trot out, oh, he's a bad man and he's torturing the animals and all this sort of stuff. And he there was one scene where he kind of loses his cool a little bit with the baby elephant, but he wasn't really he fed them and he cared about them and he was asking about them and he asked the guy who was caring taking care of them. I mean, he was all in it for the profit. There's no question about that. But to me, it wasn't like a, a black and white situation where in, in traditionally in these movies, they try to make this guy as bad as possible and they make the animals as good as possible. And it didn't really do that. Um, so now I'm going to open up myself to uh, ridicule. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so they they did make him more sympathetic than I thought he deserved. Because first of all, he bought Ivan when Ivan was a little baby gorilla. Yeah, yeah. And you got to be freaking off your rock to buy a wild animal yeah. like that's just not something that normal people should like I understand like baby gorillas and baby tigers are cute and they're cuddly but go to a petting zoo and right and when there was also the implied uh story there that they couldn't have kids yeah so allegedly yeah the, it was implied he and his wife couldn't have kids so they randomly brought home a gorilla so why not right right that's because there are no kids out there who need homes right or puppies <laughs> <laughs> kittens or, or fish <laughs> right exactly and everything was going great until the gorilla started to grow up like gorillas do and started being destructive and the wife walked out and i'm like yeah that's a pretty normal lady response and then you see like the scene so of, i can't bring home a gorilla is what you're no. saying like and then you see like brian cranston and ivan in bed and they're like you know touching foreheads and he does lose his cool with the baby elephant um when he's trying to train her but at the end, he has this soliloquy when, uh, spoiler alert, the animals have finally been freed what? and they're going to a sanctuary. And Ivan is the last one who gets transported out of the circus. And he has, Brian Cranston comes into Ivan's cage and he's like, oh, it's just me and you for so long. And it's meant to tug at your heartstrings. But I'm like, this is not a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Like he took this wild animal from the wild. Like he's part of the wildlife trade. Mm -hmm. He's promoting this. He keeps all these animals in cages. It was very much implied that when the older elephant, who was voiced by Angelina Jolie, got sick at the end of her life and died, he didn't call the vet for her because he said like, oh, I'll call the vet tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and she's still Mm -hmm. sick. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll try to get a hold of the vet tomorrow. So clearly he... yeah, he feeds them and he doesn't like whip them, but he's not. Well, he's still taking a care circus of master, so like, yeah, I don't know. So very I, nature of his creature, he's not considering the animals, I guess. Yeah, so I was just, I, I thought they made him, and maybe that's just because the animals said several times because the animals are talking in the movie. Like, not all people are bad, but I'm like, yeah, humans are pretty much bad. And <laughs> when it comes to animals. Yeah, but you can't say that to kids. <laughs> like, so I'm like, there's they, no hope for you. Right. Give up. Like, sorry, planet's on fire. People suck. You're doomed. You know? you're, one, you're part of the problem. <laughs> right. You're going to grow up and suck too. <laughs> so you can't say that to kids. So they made Brian Cranston a little bit too sympathetic for my taste, but I thought he did a good job of 
not being a cartoon villain. That's where not I'm being going black with and white. You that's know, where I thought Brian Cranston did a good job. Yeah, and that, and that's where I'm going with it too. Is in the way that it was written that you felt sympathy for this guy, even though it's not really a sympathetic role. Like like you said, like bringing the animals in, like just that, it's just so reprehensible. Like that animal should not have been taken away. Right. And the way that they they portrayed that scene as from the uh, gorilla from Ivan's perspective, it was a very terrifying situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, lose your family and you get hauled away from your family and thrown into this foreign situation. Um, it was, I think it, it did a lot of, uh, it, it was very much a pro- animal rights movie mm-hmm. and yeah. you you get the you get the sense that watching it that there was a lot of thought given to that and that it was very there was very much a message there it wasn't over your head it wasn't like i guess again i'm saying about the subtle villain subtle villainry of brian cranston but it was more subtle throughout the whole movie too like there wasn't a lot of like the the, the capture scene was off camera mm-hmm. the shooting of one of the animals was off camera like there wasn't, it wasn't over your head kind of thing, but there was still that, yeah, this is a bad situation and animals should not be in cages. I mean, it, animals in zoos are not a great thing to begin with, like where you have lots of open space and everything like that. I remember we went to, we went to the Toronto Zoo, which is one of the better zoos in the world, apparently. And I felt so bad for the polar bear because it was August and it was 85 degrees and the polar bear is just sitting there like, Oh, what do I got to do to cool off? Right. Like he's in the water, but the water is probably like 60 degrees, you know, right. like not the temperature that he's used to. Mm. And I felt so bad. And there was another uh, instance where we went to see the moose and the moose was not looking so good. And so there's zoos are trying increasingly to be better, but it's just not where animals should be. We should not be, we should, animals should not be for our pleasure. And, and I'm torn on zoos because circuses obviously are evil and they should be outlawed. Like some circuses are moving toward having hologram or holographic animals performing Mm -hmm. the stunts. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, a holograph elephant doing, playing with the ball or whatever. That's cool. Not a real elephant that's going to get, you know, whipped by you know, bull hooks or whatever right. to make it perform. But zoos, like, yeah, the good zoos are focused on converse, uh, conservation and raising awareness of animals' plight. I don't think animals should should be kept in cages. I right. don't think they should be in zoos, no matter how nice they are. But we're destroying the planet because humans suck. <laughs> and if we don't have these animals in zoos, they're going to completely die out, some of them, and we're never going to see them. And it's all our fault, and we deserve it. But right. So I'm very torn on zoos. Like, Well, it's also a matter of fact, like you said, if we're destroying the earth and we're destroying habitats for these animals, and then we're capturing them and giving them fake habitats, is a right. fake habitat better than a destroyed or polluted natural habitat? Right. Like, that's the debate. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not where we usually go with the podcast <laughs> deep thoughts by coco and Dolph. it's usually lighter than this but <laughs> yeah. but this is a heavy movie like it's it's a very light kids movie but it's got a heavy underlying message to it and i think it's i think it's important that kids and adults watch this movie because it's it really personifies in some way as much as you can the struggle of animals in captivity like you're mm-hmm. looking at the poor gorilla guy even though he's been there his whole life, he's sad. Like he's mm-hmm. got a sad spirit to him because, and he's voiced by Sam Rockwell. Um, Who I didn't recognize that voice at all. It like, didn't, and when you're thinking of a gorilla, you don't really think of Sam Rockwell. Right. You think of like 
No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so, well, you think of somebody else, but yeah. And Danny DeVito plays the the Benji dog. Yeah, Dan- Danny DeVito was hilarious. I definitely recognized his voice. Yeah. Like that was he did a great job as Bob the dog. So. Yeah, as Bob the dog. So, yeah. but there there is definitely there's definitely some depth to this movie. It's more, and it's only an hour and a half long. Like it's a yeah. really quick re, uh, view, I should say. Um, and it's it's worth it if you're. And it's not. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, standing on the soapbox about it. It's just right. really subtle and it's entertaining. And there there are bits and pieces of humor in there, but it's not necessarily a funny movie. I wouldn't say. Right. And in addition to the animal rights aspect of it, there was also the theme of like we have to be free to be ourselves. Because Ivan, when he's remembering his childhood, his name from his family was Mud. Because he yeah. was always finding the mud and like just smashing his hands in it and drawing all over the rocks and stuff. And he said his dad would try to teach him how to be a gorilla and stand up on his legs and beat his chest and, you know, roar and stuff. And he didn't want to do that. And I'm like, that's a very kind of subtle LGBTQ message as yeah. well. Like, yeah. you know, his dad is, even though his dad was accepting of him and stuff, ultimately, like, yeah. you know, his dad is trying to get him to conform to like norms yes. that he doesn't really want to conform to. And when he was in the circus, he was the headliner because silverback gorillas are really fierce and they could rip you limb from limb. <laughs> and so his whole act was he would just stand up and roar and beat his chest. And, you know, nobody was coming to see the circus anymore. But when he was given some crayons and he started drawing, then people started coming to see like the Picasso primate, yeah. I think is what Brian yeah. Cranston called him. So there was also... It doesn't necessarily have to be LGBTQ, like that's the way I went with it. But yeah. it was just very much like free to be yourself. Like yeah. I don't want to be a baseball playing chicken. I just want to go like peck the ground or <laughs> no, I'm a bunny, but I really want to keep driving my truck because that's right. awesome. So I'm going to keep driving my truck even though I'm a bunny and bunnies don't drive fire trucks. So yeah. Although he was upset when he had to drive the yellow fire truck. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like the. He's like, there's no such thing as a yellow fire truck. Well, like, that, that, was, that sort of makes a lot of sense yeah. too. That was kind of logical. The yeah. way I uh, interpreted that, I I see what you're saying. The way I interpreted it was more about expression in terms yeah. of that. This is the way because I was I was casting this within the context of the society we're in now. Mm-hmm. I was saying anger doesn't necessarily uh, make it right, right, and it's more creativity that we're looking for, and mm-hmm. creativity should be rewarded. And that's right. so when he started to paint and <clears throat> excuse me and draw and all that sort of thing, I was thinking, yeah, you don't have to be angry to be successful. You can be creative to be successful, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be the the stereotypical male standing on top of your desk yelling at everybody all the time you can actually be creative and succeed mm-hmm. and be softer and gentler and everything like that so right. you saw it in, in, in similar ways but that's the way i interpreted it. it was more of a creativity versus anger and versus might because this world is all about these days you know the might the, is right the jackboot <laughs> and everything like that yeah. coming down on you so i uh I, that's the way i interpreted it maybe it was a you know this movie obviously was made Previous to everything that's going on right now, and the book was written longer before that, so uh, it's you're, I'm applying it for the times, but apparently this is a, a universal application that doesn't it's timeless. <laughs> yeah, just everybody's free to be themselves. Yeah, like you just got to be the what you want to be, and everything will work out. And the ending was a little bit on the cheese side, but you kind <laughs> of expected that. Yeah. Um, uh, I was expecting uh, the double cross, right? So. Uh, they finally closed the circus, like people started rallying 
the public wanted the circus animals to be free. So Brian Cranston closed up the circus and they came and they put everybody in cages and they took them away allegedly to the animal sanctuary. But Ivan fell asleep in his cage. And when he woke up, he was in this very sterile white room. Mm -hmm. And I, having not read the book and not read any reviews of the movie, so not, I mean, the obvious, you know, ending is it's a Disney movie. He's at the animal sanctuary. But when he wakes up in that white room, there was just the moment where I thought it was the double cross and he'd been sold into animal testing. So he'd just been he just traded like one prison for another. Basically, he was never going to be free. He was always going to be like subjugated at the hands of humans, you know, for humans desires. But but then the lady was like, Oh, no, Ivan, this isn't your home. This is your home. And she presses a button and like the garage gate goes up and he sees this jungle utopia so and which i thought was a complete bait and switch because if he was asleep why didn't they just dump him in the in the grass instead of dumping him <laughs> right. in the like they probably shot him with a tranquilizer or something like right. that and he was all drugged up and so why do that to the poor guy he's already freaked out the only thing i could think is maybe they were worried if you know sleeping ivan is in the savannah the other gorillas are going to come up and Eat rip him it. limb from limb while he's sleeping <laughs> and you know he's tranked and he can't do he anything can't about it well so. I, know, I never thought about that yeah and maybe the giraffes will come up to him and start nibbling his ear or something like that yeah so that's the tarantino version is what i was expecting <laughs> like he's traded one prison for another but the disney version is what we actually got which makes sense because it's a disney plus movie so so you weren't expecting you were I was going to say ball gag, but I won't say that. I won't go there. <laughs> oh, I think I did, actually. Yeah, too late. It's the gimp. <laughs> Ivan's the gimp. <laughs> so, so on that note. In closing, how many uh, gorilla thumbs would you give this or uh, circus seals or what would you rate this, Coco? I, I liked it. I'd give it two gorilla thumbs up. Oh, would you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would give it like maybe one and three quarters. Yeah. I think it was it was worthwhile. It was really really well done. The special effects were fantastic. Yeah, there was only like once, maybe twice, when I was like, "That's clearly CGI." Right. Like there, I, it was obviously CGI, but there was only a couple times when I could definitely tell, like, "Ooh, they didn't." You could see the strings. Yeah, like they didn't finish that scene too well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was very well done in that way. And at some point in those kinds of movies, you stop if it's a good movie you stop looking at the effects and you just stop paying attention. You start mm-hmm. paying attention to the story. And that was very early on for me. I started paying attention to the story. and was like, wow, how did they get the, drill- the gorilla to talk like that? <laughs> yeah, totally. And the dog moves his lips just like he's talking. How is that happening? <laughs> the bunny riding a fire engine. You know, like eventually that novelty wears off and you just buy into the movie. And like I said, that happened to me very early on. So I was impressed with that. So good job. Uh, one and only Ivan the Terrible. And they uh, it was, like Dalt said, only an hour and a half. And it 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 zipped by. Like yeah. it didn't, there weren't any points where I was like, oh God, this is the longest hour and a half of my life. Like it was, <laughs> right, it was, it was a very good pace. The voice actors all did a really good job. Brian Cranston did a good job. Yeah. Even the uh, little girl who befriended Ivan, her dad is like the uh, janitor at the circus. And light technician. Yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, he runs the spotlight for Ivan, and uh, she would come over after school and sit there and, like, draw. She's the one who gave Ivan his crayons. Like, I thought she did a good job for being a child actor. Like, yeah. sometimes kid actors, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, but she she did a good job. So. And she also drives the story because she's the one who provides the paper to him, and she right. interprets his art correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I drew a beetle, and the... the Brian Krantz is like, oh, it's a scribble. Right. And the dad is like, oh, what's that? It looks like a... It's like vomit on a page. I, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's a beetle. And, yeah, and she totally got it. You know? And she's the one. So after the first escape attempt by the animals, 
of course, the media shows up because the media, they're meddlers and they just want to destroy everything. The villains. And uh, so the little girl like goes to the uh, news lady and, you know, after that is when all the free Ivan demonstrations start outside the big top mall and arcade. So, so yeah, she does drive the story a lot. So there's one thing that was completely unbelievable if this movie was set in current day. Now, the book was written in 2012, so it was a different uh, aspect entirely. But uh, one thing that I didn't believe in this, especially in this current age, is that malls were a thing. So, it was a pretty crappy mall. It was a it crappy was, mall. It was definitely on the downslide of its life because... Yeah. Even one day, Brian Cranston came in, and somebody who had like a souvenir shop was closing up and going to the mall across the town. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was definitely well. the uh, The true story it was based on the real Ivan got released to a zoo in like ninety two, ninety three, something like that. Yeah. And like all the cars in this movie were like eighties era cars. Yeah. So you know, maybe it was like, I mean, malls were still a thing in the early nineties, but yeah. but it was definitely. It foretold the retail apocalypse that we're currently in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Not a joyful movie for our times in that way. No. But freedom. Well, I think we're all trying to get out these days, so maybe there's that to this movie. We're all trying to get out of our cages. That's true. That is true. That's a metaphor for our current lives. Right. So it actually is a much deeper movie than anybody anticipated. (laughs) We're sitting here talking about, you know, Brian Cranston's wig, and it's (laughs) it's actually about the cage of human existence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is actually yeah <laughs> it is it's, it's not just a kid's book made into a movie right there's a lot of stuff here it's a metaphor it's a metaphor <laughs> so uh coco do you want to ride us out of here with uh, where people can find us as a matter of fact i do oh good yay i'm glad you said yes to that because i don't know half of the places <laughs> i don't either because it's been a while since we've done this <laughs> right since, since are we still available in these places <laughs> Fingers? you can find us at your mall <laughs> <laughs> you can find us in your mom's basement <laughs> Or wherever you listen to podcasts, which includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, TuneIn. We are now on the Ghana platform in India. So We're actually pretty big in India right now. Yeah, so if you are Indian or you have friends or family on the subcontinent, let them know they can find us on Ghana. We are also on Google Play and YouTube. Uh, iHeartRadio. We're also on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Did you say SoundCloud? Yes, I said SoundCloud. Right. And if you want to reach out and let us know what you think of today's podcast, what you think of previous podcasts, what you want to hear us podcast about in the future, you can email us at cocoandults at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Twitter and Facebook. Our handles are cocoandults. You can also check out our website, cocoandults.com, <laughs> for reviews of other movies, TV shows, books, and music that we don't do on the podcast. And... Da, 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 da. I have recently restarted the Buzz blog. Yeah. It's just sort of my reaction to any entertainment news and celebrity gossip items that I'm interested in that Daltz is not and that we're not going to podcast about. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we also post those on Twitter, so you can find them there as well. And listener, you want to get into that because they are fiery good, let me tell you. <laughs> and Coco got so bored and lonely when I was gone living in my mom's basement that she fired back up the Buzz blog, which I'm totally stoked about. Which I think I've done like four since I restarted it. They're so very good. Yeah. Well, you have to say that. I do have to say that, but they're also very good. Oh, thanks. Um, by the way, I should mention that I don't know if you did because I sometimes you know fade out when you're listing all those guys because <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, but we're 
available on IMDb as well. Oh, we finally got all those uploaded to IMDb. The third and second seasons. So you right. know, our most recent material is on IMDb. So please share, like, and comment. Yes, Coco and Alt on IMDb. And we also have our fingers crossed that we will soon to be on Amazon as well because right. Amazon and Audible are going to be offering podcasts in the hopefully near future. And we want to be on there as well because why not give Amazon even more control over <laughs> everyday life than it has already got? Right, exactly. And if you're listening, Jeff Bezos will take sponsorship money. We will. I mean, your net worth has increased by like a quadrillion dollars since the pandemic started. So you can you can spread that wealth around. Jeff Throw Bezos. Coco Indults like a hundred k a year, and that's <laughs> all we need. Like that's that's like ashtray money for you, buddy. Right. That's like he found that in his couch cushions. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is worthless, and he like throws it in a jar. And young people are listening and going, "What's an ashtray?" <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> Well, that when we watched Three Men and a Baby, your daughters, we were like, oh, look at the ashtray. And they were like, what's that? <laughs> we were like, we can tell this was made in the 80s. It's like when we went to the craft festival and when they were painting old albums, oh. they brought out albums to paint because there was no other use for them. And the girls were like, daddy, what are albums? Like, what are these things? What, what do you do with them? Well, you put it on a turntable and it plays music. What's a turntable? <laughs> We're old, listener. It's like a big old-fashioned CD is what I told them. We're old. So thank you again for joining us, listener. We know you have a choice, and we know that when you got to this point and you're saying, why am I still listening, we appreciate that you are. And that's why we're going to wrap it up now. Right. So for another week, thank you very much for listening. I'm not Daltz. And I'm not Coco. <laughs>